Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, November 15th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back acclaimed journalist and longtime contributor to The Ben Jarofsky Show, Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of activities you can get into this coming weekend, you want to check out ChicagoReader.com. And if you want even more Ben Jarofsky after this episode's over, you can find even more. It's at ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the Rom Cult Wednesday, and here's why. Yes, yes, yes. It's the Rom Cult Wednesday, and here's why. Look, curveball. I'm throwing it Monroe Anderson. This popped in my head. Uh, this uh, what I, the conversation I had earlier today with David Ferris, which drops this weekend. But uh, so anyway, so... Rahm, of course, in that sentence, being Rahm Emanuel, former mayor of the city of Chicago. I'm most of, most of you Chicagoans out there trying to pretend as though Rahm was never your mayor. <laughs> Try to pretend like you never voted for him. I know how that goes uh, at the end. You were so sick of him. He's <laughs> just like, all of you pretend like you didn't vote for him. I think you all voted for uh, Chewy Garcia in 2015. Is that the story you got? And you're going to stick to it? Yeah, I don't blame you for being embarrassed, Chicago. Uh, anyway, so Rahm has left. He's gone. He's uh, pretty much a pariah in his hometown, except for, you know, the Sun-Times loves him. I don't know why. And the Cranes loves him. But, uh, you know, but that gets to this romp cult that I'm talking about. So a couple of days ago, it was Political ran an article uh, by a gentleman named Jonathan Martin, a political reporter for Political. Jonathan Martin is his name. I don't know the man, but uh, that's his name. Okay. You know how many people sent that to me? At least five people sent it to me. Uh, what a shout out. Pat Whalen was one of them. All right. Uh, they, they just sent me the article, you know, here you go, Rob. And the reason they sent it to this, this article, uh, is because this, uh, Jonathan Martin's political, uh, reporter for political put his mind on what Joe Biden has to do, uh, to uh, be reelected, you know, cause the polls look pretty bleak for Biden right now. We'll get into that with Monroe in a little bit. Uh, polls are looking bleak, uh, for Biden. So, you know, everybody's offering advice, you know, Jonathan Martin is just one of the many pundits. This is what you got to do. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> everybody's offering him advice. All right. Uh, so this is what he, uh, had to say. This is the, uh, this gentleman, uh, Jonathan Martin, uh, thought long and hard about what, Joe Biden must do to get reelected. And this is his contribution. All right. And I am doing a dramatic reading of a column that Jonathan Martin wrote. So I am now what what is about to come out of my mouth is not repeat, not something that I wrote. It's something that Jonathan Martin wrote. 
Here we go. No ambassador has seemed to remake the role as Biden's envoy to Japan, Rahm Emanuel. Yet, the best service, Ramsan, he actually wrote that, Ram hyphen San, can offer Biden isn't using his post in Asia to forge Pacific alliances and taught the Russians and Chinese. The president should call Emmanuel back stateside and have him chair the re-election. Doing so would demonstrate a willingness by Biden to broaden his inner circle, create a manic urgency in the campaign that is Emmanuel's trademark, and by elevating one of the most ferocious operatives of our times, signal that when Trump goes lower, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's when Trump goes low, the Democrats will go fucking lower. Yes, he wrote fucking, because when you're talking about Rom, you got to square, because that's what Rom was mean, crude, nasty. And he swore. And he like took a knife and he like, I don't know, he like put it in the in the, in the, in the chopping block, right? Oh, yeah, I'm tough. And he cut up a fish or I don't know. He said a dead fish to somebody. So all these pundits, they like, they've got this notion in their mind that the way to success is to be mean and nasty and swear. So when they're writing about Rom, he can go, I gotta swear. Is it okay if I swear? And the boss of political goes, Yes, we're being realistic. You can drop the F bomb. So <laughs> yeah. So when they go low, we go fucking lower. <laughs> and then he pounds his chest. Man, pundits, what is with you and Rom? You guys love this man. I'm like, I'm just going to tell you to you what happened in the city of Chicago. And Monroe will probably disagree with me because we don't always see eye to eye politically when it comes to Rahm Emanuel. This man was so unpopular that the first time he ran in 2015, he only won because Barack Obama basically said, please vote for Rahm. <laughs> okay. And we all know this. We've seen this. This is for real. He was running against Jesus Chuy Garcia, and there's so much animosity between black and Hispanic voters in the city of Chicago that was like Rom was better in the eyes of many black people than Chewy. Karen Lewis herself came to the hideout and said that. So I learned that uh, Karen, the great Karen Lewis, don't get mad at me, lefties. The great Karen Lewis said that herself. Then come to 2019 after Laquan McDonald, after the city of Chicago woke up and realized that Ron was sitting on evidence, concealing evidence of a murder of Laquan McDonald by a police officer. <laughs> it was like even Ron realized that Barack Obama couldn't save him. And so Ron stepped out. He didn't run for real. He chickened out. So please explain to me, pundits of America, all you political reporters, why you love this man so much? What do you think he's got that's going to enable Joe Biden to beat Donald Trump that a million other strategists don't have? What? He calls you up every now and then. It goes, oh, I love that story, John Martin. You're a great reporter. I think that's what it is. Monroe was the master of that when he was press secretary during three jeans. Call up a reporter every now and then. Good job, young man. <laughs> Come on, pundits. You guys are so, like, fixated on your little universe and the people who populate it. And you fall in love with them. And 
you actually believe the myths that they put out about themselves. Come to Chicago, Jonathan Martin, and ask. Don't ask a lakefront liberal. That's your friend. <laughs> they still have fond memories of Rahm. Well, he was a good mayor for the 42nd War. And he was good for economic development. Go ask a real person in the city. About the only thing that everybody agrees on in the city of Chicago, outside the Gold Coast, is that Rahm was a terrible mayor. And he couldn't wait for him to get out of town. So anyway, but that cult of Rom is strong. Monroe Anderson, from time to time, do you ever find yourself yearning for Rom's return? Do you ever find yourself like in a Jonathan Martin moment where like, we need Rom dropping the F-bomb because that's real, man. You ever find yourself saying that? Uh, only when I look at the um, <laughs> limited amount of cranes on the skyline. <laughs> Rob was good. <laughs> Rob was good for that. He 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 said, "Screw all these these uh, laws or rules about building along the riverfront or wherever else they want to build a high rise. Just do it." Uh, and that's why the Chamber of Commerce loves him. Yeah, man. So that, I, I used to hear that line during the daily years. I'd be yeah, well, about yeah. daily. They go, look at the cranes. Right. Huh? Exactly. See all those cranes? Right, exactly. Exactly. No, like Ron was actually Daly Jr. But anyway, it's with a dirty mouth. Uh, <laughs> but like Daly, Rom was busy trying to turn Chicago into Paris, where it'd be nothing but rich and middle class people living in the city and all the other folks, the poor people. Yeah, be living in the ring suburbs, particularly the southern suburbs, not so, so much um, Evanston or Oak Park. So explain to me this. You've been in the game a while. Yes. How does a guy like Rom win over uh, a pundit like Jonathan Martin? I don't even know the man, Jonathan Martin. I don't think you do either. It doesn't matter. But right. he wins over so many pundits. I've seen so many David Brooks, Thomas Friedman. The list goes on and on. They they like these write these glowing articles about Rom. And so what what does he do to cultivate them? How does that work? How does that game work? Um, he wins them over. He he didn't let them talk to the Obama administration. <laughs> I mean, if you remember, and I think you're old enough to do so. They ran him out of Washington. <laughs> they ran him out of Washington. And I mean, to the point of they said, okay, okay, if you want to be mayor of Chicago, we'll help you. But you said, you, you, you can go home, you can go wherever you want to, but you can't stay here. Yeah. I forgot about that. That is so true. That is so true. Jonathan Martin, I'm going to tell you something that happened. I know you're a young man. In tw when Ron was chief of staff for Obama, Michelle Obama said, uh, probably Valerie Jarrett, I think it was the two of them, get right. him out of here. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. so here's what happened, Jonathan. What happened, they cooked up a deal where Ron got to come home to be uh, to Chicago. He went, it's not even his home. If he was going home, he would have gone to Wilmette. Should have been Mayor Wilmette. But he came to Chicago. The dummies in this city were just like ratified <laughs> Well, it would pretty much the Chicagoans will do anything Barack Obama said to him. Uh, Monroe, let's be honest. Oh, you want Rom to be our mayor just to get him out of the White House? Sure, we'll vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. I don't know how they. You would think why? Well, they, 
they 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 didn't know how good Rom was at the time. <laughs> That's they, why they voted for him. Oh, I did. <laughs> Chicago, but after after the um, cover up, yeah, and they went, oh wait a minute, maybe he's not as good as we think he is, yeah. or maybe he's as bad as as we've been told he was. So, in your humble opinion, yes, having lived in the city of Chicago now for since like 1970 or whatever. 72. Wow. 72 has been a long time. Right. Uh, what is the worst single decision you believe voters in Chicago have made that you have lived through an election of somebody that you, in your opinion, was the worst single decision Chicago voters have made? I could make an argument for the reelection of Rahm in 2015. I'm not certain I'm going to stick with that. That's just like an argument I could make, given what after he closed those schools and the way he closed the schools and he closed the clinics and he just showed like like a, just a, a hatred for people who were poor and needed government's aid. That's the dumbest, the worst decision. But there could be others out there. Uh, Your opinion, the worst decision. Blandic. <laughs> Excellent choice. Wow. That would be the election of Michael Belandic as right. mayor to replace Daly, beating right. Harold Washington. Right. Wow. Now, the thing is, Belandic was a nice guy, but he was totally incompetent as mayor. And that was compounded by his mother was dying. And so, and he was a mama's boy. So he, he paid more attention to that. And, you know, understand, I'm not criticizing for it. But the reality is that um, we had a little little blizzard around that time, yeah. and he was letting trains from the south, the south uh, west west side and southeast side, far south, with white people, zip on into the city, while black folks stood there and watched the trains go by, yeah, and um, that's how we got Jane Byrne. Yeah. I actually, uh, I put a list together of the five greatest electoral moments in yeah. my lifetime for the city yeah. of Chicago. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I would say Harold in 83 is number one. Yeah. But I always, and this is just a part product of my age, where I come from, et cetera, and so forth. I will always have tremendous appreciation uh for the election in 1972 which is ancient history i know nobody remembers except for maybe me and you uh when um is it black voters voted for a republican bernard Carey, and defeated yeah. edward andrew and i'm like i, I was among them <laughs> <laughs> which 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 gives me a shield yeah they try and make accusations against me I can say I voted for a Republican. <laughs> Me too. I, I'm the same way. It was Bernard, same Republican, Bernard Carey. Exactly right. Now, for the record, folks, I'm a little younger than Monroe. I was like pointing that out. I'm a little younger, so I couldn't, I wasn't ineligible to vote in 72, but I voted for Carey at 80 against Daly. Very proud of that vote. Voted for Bernard Carey. Uh, and the issue, we're not going to re rehash it, but the issue was, uh, uh, the, the murder, the assassination of Fred Hampton while he was sleeping in 1969 by police officers who were assigned to uh, Edgar Hanrahan. And actually, I'll be talking about that with Flint Taylor uh, 
in an interview that's going to drop this weekend. So it's on my mind. All right. Uh, so to, we're eye to eye on that. Let's uh, uh, shift out to some national news. Uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you this because it's, it's related. Uh, so there have been articles in the newspaper, uh, particularly the New York Times, uh, that Donald Trump is doing very well in um, polls uh, against uh, Joe Biden. Uh, and one of the things that strikes me uh, when I read it is that upwards of 25 percent of black voters uh, tell pollsters that they're going to vote for Trump over Biden. Uh, your thoughts on whether that's real, fake, <laughs> just unbelievable, et cetera, and so forth. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I think they're lying to some extent. And the reason um, those who are saying that they're going to vote for Trump, I believe, are saying it because they're pissed off because Biden hasn't, hasn't been able to get the uh, the anti-police law, the, the, the cops better behave better um, law through, national law through. Um, the one born out of the murder of, of George Floyd. And, uh, and so I, I, there's a, a lot of black people are still pissed off about that. They want to see some action on it. And so just uh, accentuating the point we're making before, can you imagine putting uh, Rahm Emanuel in charge of your campaign when you're trying to get votes like that? Right. Um, Laquan McDonald. Right. Like that Rahm Emanuel. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but do you ever find yourself? I think, I think they like him because he swears. You know, just like um, uh, Samuel Jackson, a lot of people go to see his movie just to hear him say motherfucker. So I think they want Rob around so they can get the motherfucker. All right, we'll go back to that. Uh, I've never heard Rob swear because he only swears in in uh, private. That's right. where he's known. Okay, so I, I can't say. Does he say uh, motherfucker as effectively as Samuel Jackson? Right. I have a hard time believing he does. Uh, Whenever your ears were burning, he was saying it. (laughs) (laughs) So is there ever a moment in your life where you find yourself saying, you know, Donald Trump makes sense to me. I think I may vote for him in this life. Is there ever a moment where you say that, even your private thoughts? Sloppy drunk. No. <laughs> a, a, psychotic, a psychotic moment. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, me neither. By the way, Monroe Anderson does not drink, ladies and gentlemen. Uh I, I don't think I've ever seen you drunk. No, I I've been drunk in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I cannot recall. All right, now go, go. So did you ever play the press? I teased that said you did, but I don't recall you doing this. Did you ever play the, the press the way like uh, Rob Emanuel, David Axelrod play the press where they'll call up some pundit? Oh, man, that was a brilliant article. You really nobody understands this stuff quite like you do. Did, no, did you ever do that when you were uh, Sawyer's press secretary? No, I did not. I yeah, didn't. I don't recall it. Yeah. The thing is, what I did was I was honest with them. And I gave them information. 
And uh, there were a couple of reporters that pissed me off for different reasons, and I just didn't take their calls. <laughs> and they got the message. Oh, Lord. That was the story of my and life. I told them I wasn't going to take their calls. <laughs> you told them? Yes. yes. You actually yes. told them I'm not going to yeah. take your calls? Yeah, right. I was honest with them, yeah. Which newspapers? Uh, uh, no, well, I, I can tell you the people. Well, maybe one of them was Fran. Because she misquoted me. And she knew she misquoted me. And so I told her, you know, I didn't actually I did not take those calls. I I her calls. I told her if it happened again, I wouldn't be taking them. And it never happened again. No, it never happened again. Okay. And so. the other was this, I can't even remember his name, but he was a Tribune reporter who was doing the um Sawyer um story about the thirty thousand dollars that Sawyer had. Uh, Sawyer got paid off uh, allegedly by a lawyer to who became a judge. And he got paid off to, according to the Tribune story, he got paid off for doing this judge a favor. And it was a story that the Tribune was running nobody else was paying any attention to. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, right, exactly. That's the point. Yeah, and, uh, it, it, it was it was it was it was very dense. Uh, TV, it wasn't it didn't have any pictures that came with it. So nobody was interested in it but the Tribune and this particular reporter. He thought he was gonna win a Pulitzer off it or something. And and so what I ended up doing when he was calling me, bugging me about it, is I told him it's not a story. And and um, he foolishly quoted me in the article, thinking that it would expose me to not being a good press secretary. But everybody who was reading the story, I, I suspect, said, yeah, Monroe is right. <laughs> All right, so I, am gonna, I don't even know who this reporter was. Yeah. And I cannot stand the Tribune, or at least back then. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten better. Uh, I must concede uh, they got some good young reporters at the Tribune. The editorial board is still out to lunch, but uh, yeah, right, anyway, it's so far improved. This generation of Tribune is so much better than the Tribune that existed in the eighties when you were press secretary. It's just right. even compare it. Was, that was such a racist rag back then. Right. Uh, uh, so me defending a Tribune, I don't even know who the dude was, but me defending them is goes like this. When you're a reporter and you're working a story and someone tells you it's not a story, that just gets to you, man. That like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. Right. right. I know. I know. You know, so but I also I, I also knew that um, by the 80s, TV was driving the story, not the Tribune and the Sun-Times. Uh, yeah. The, the 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 TV would read the Tribune of the Sun Times to figure out what story they were going to do, but uh, already people were losing patience with reading through thirty inches a copy. That's sad story when they could see it in in a minute. That is so TV. sad, man. That's just it's true, but sad. Sad right. but true, man. It's sad yeah. but true. Uh, and uh, yeah, but. Uh, no, I don't recall you ever playing that game. I know uh, never, ever did the the rom game where you cozy up to people. And I also think your your first point uh, is uh, is really on target. 
Rom held access, has access. So if you're a Jonathan Martin guy, you throw that out there. Rom loves you. Maybe he'll get you access with someone, get your phone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you give Rom something, uh, he'll give you something back. Right. And, uh, so uh, Jonathan Martin, if you embarrass yourself with that quote, okay, <laughs> but it leads to getting an exclusive with someone, hey, you know what? You're just playing the game. But, man, that was an embarrassing quote. The Ramsan part. Oh, my God. God. Uh, all right. Uh, enough on Rom for the moment. Uh, let's talk uh, what's going on in Washington with the Republicans. I sent you the article uh, in the Washington Post, which did a very good job of sort of outlaying uh, all these different incidents where Republican uh, politicians in Washington, they're like, they're finding their inner Clint Eastwood from the 70s, man. They're like tough guys all of a sudden. So yesterday it was a showdown. Uh, the senator from Oklahoma, uh, what's his name, Mark Wayne uh, Mullen, and um, he thinks he's a real tough guy. He does. Uh, I guess I guess he does uh, martial arts of some kind. He's a yeah, big guy. He used to be. Yeah, he used to be a martial arts fighter. Okay, yeah. so Mullen, don't come after me. All right. Okay, you you would win the fight. I can see that. Right. right. Uh, okay, so you know. Nonetheless, dude. Yesterday, I uh, had that that moment at a hearing uh, where Sean O'Brien from the Teamsters was there. And he goes, and, he, and O'Brien had written some disparaging things about uh, Mullen. Well, they've been what, fighting what, on, on yes. They've been yeah. insulting each. No, it's amazing how, I mean, this is what happens with the murders in Chicago. One guy will say, one, one black teenager will say something that pisses another black teenager off, off of their, grab their gun and go cap them. Yeah. So you got grown men uh, of stature who are doing this. Yeah. But thank God for Bernie Sanders. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the birds. Yeah. No, he pointed his fingers. He put his two fingers together, like and said, "Cut this out. You are a U.S. citizen." Yeah. Or to put it in um, what the way we do it in Gary, motherfucker. <laughs> Sit your ass down and shut up. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. <laughs> bring, bring, bring some dignity up in here. Oh my lord! I was gonna. Okay, so if you did, folks, just text, uh, Google it. You'll find it. Uh, Bernie Sanders. So this big feller, uh, Senator Mueller. He's a hu uh, husky guy, right? And he's he's and he's yeah, got Sean O'Brien. You know, in fact, because he was an MMA. Yeah, um, fighter, former. Yeah. He probably is um, considered his 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 fists are deadly weapons, like what a professional boxer. Uh, yeah. Oh my so god, he couldn't do it anyway. Yeah, it reminds me of one pot of time in Hollywood. You see that? What you see? What Bruce Lee tells uh, these these fists are weapons. Okay. Right. Uh, so all right. Uh, so. Sean O'Brien's there. He had written some disparaging things about uh, Senator Mullen on Twitter. So Senator Mullen's like, you want, we could throw down right now. And, yeah. uh, and, and Sean O'Brien's like, bring it. And so uh, Mullen stands up like he's going to walk. No, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. It didn't happen that way. What happened was Mullen uh, um, says, um, get, get off your butt and stand up. And he says to Mullen, 
you get off your butts. Oh, you're right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You do it first. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So Mullen stands up, and that and Bernie. Yes, I'm a Bernie bro. Uh still am. Oh my goodness, old Bernie for Brooklyn. Sit down. Sit down. Bernie's like, I don't know how old. He's in his 80s somewhere. He's 82. He's 82. He's like, sit down. You're a senator. Oh, I love it. You're a be a senator. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Bernie. And Mullen, here's the part that kills me. He sat right down. Well, see, this is the secret to all this. Okay. I'm going to expose to your viewers, listeners, right okay. now. All of these guys who are back in Trump are wuss wusses. <laughs> they like they want to act tough because Trump has just he has taken their manhood and buried it in some hole somewhere. They have the foggiest idea where it is. So just so they can sometimes look themselves in the mirror, they have to get their tough guy absolutely uh, look and and practice a John Wayne walk, you know? yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's all an act because whatever Trump tells them to do, they do. Yeah, that is so true, man. They're compensating uh, for their helplessness and powerlessness in the face of Trump. And let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen, this is reality. Uh, I am not a fighter. I am not tough. I am from Evanston. If you ever been to Evanston, it's a suburb just north of Chicago. Everybody is so nice. They smile all the time. That's how I thought the world was. How are you doing? How's your day today? Are things okay? We all live in Evanston. Well, you know that song, Smiling Faces. Yeah. One of the great songs in the 70s. <laughs> Yeah, they, they pretend to be your friend. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so that's me and Evanston. I don't fight. I don't like fighting. I don't like punching. I don't like being punched. I'm not a tough guy. Monroe Anderson, on the other hand, is from Gary, Indiana. Okay? Right. Where I had lunch to, money. I, I had to fight when I didn't even want to. That is so wild, man. You got to fight with you. I, did you ever learn to walk away from a fight? No? no you didn't have that choice. I mean, what somebody with me, I didn't have that choice. And that was because I was a wise ass. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, okay. and, and, and I was smart, too. And so they, they didn't like me on GP. Uh, the thugs didn't. I, mean, it, I had a lot of friends, too. But a lot of thugs didn't care for me at all. Yeah. I, 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 I looked like I'd be a good target. So I so had to fight. So that I didn't become a punching bag. So you actually had fights when you were in high school? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there was a month in my sophomore year where I had a fight every day after school. Damn. Every day. And it, who, would you you were, huh? who would you be fighting? A guy who, who I don't know why we were fighting. See, that's, that was my problem with the fighting part. Is I would be two minutes into a fight, and I think, why are we fighting? Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't even make two minutes. I'm like yeah. five seconds into right. it. Right. Yeah, but I still had to fight. I mean, it was it was if if you did not fight, then everybody said, oh, I need to to um, up my rep a little bit. I'll go beat up Monroe Anderson. <laughs> oh Lord, that's and hilarious. And one time I got I got jumped. Uh, for being in the wrong top, 
uh, part of town, I was seeing a girl over there. And some some people from that neighborhood um, jumped me. I, I, had, I was, I was hit, hit with some brass knuckles. Wow. And a bunch of guys who jumped me. And my face was, my lip was split and my face was distorted. And the rumor was that I was killed at school, that I'd been killed. I, I had, in fact, gone to the hospital, but I hadn't been killed. And so when I came to class the next day, everybody went, whoa, like they saw a ghost. Wait, so uh, uh, what was the wrong part of town for you? Uh, Tolleston. Is, is that a black part of town or a white part yeah, of town? Yeah, it's a black part of town. So it was black like a rival gang yeah, or something? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, except that wasn't a gang. But, but, but I was beaten up by but this one guy, sucker punched me. Mm. I didn't even know, he, you know, he's just standing there. And suddenly he hauls off and hits me. <laughs> and then his boy started. I, I gathered myself together. And there was this bar upstairs at this place. Mm. So I ran upstairs and ran into the bar. And since nobody was supposed to, no teenagers supposed to be in the bar, I was throwing chairs at people trying to keep them off of me or what have you. And so anyway, the adults broke it up because they were a bunch of teenagers up there um, messing up their business. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of my and business. Otherwise, I would have been knocked down and stomped and a whole lot of other things. So, uh, all right, going, bringing it back to uh, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, Sean O'Brien. So you told me how uh, uh, Bertie Sanders would have handled it if he was from Gary, Indiana. Uh, and what would, uh, uh, what would Sean O'Brien have said when, uh, when that guy stood up? You know what I mean? When, <laughs> he didn't stand up, by the way, Sean O'Brien. He, he just, he, he's, he's, no. he sat down. No, I think he did stand up. No, he, he stood up. Yeah, he, he stood up. up. Yeah, I, he, he he basically did a bring it on. Let's get yeah. a bring it on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> children here, children. Right. Uh, and then Kevin McCarthy. Right. Uh, he got into it with Republican, another Republican. He elbowed yeah, the guy. Who had voted to kick him out of office. <laughs> to kick him out off of being the speaker. He's one of those votes that kicked him out. And so that, that Republican was doing a press conference yeah. and um, Kevin passed by and um, accidentally hit him with his elbow. Yeah, you know, when, 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 when there's this press conference and all these people around and so you, you, you get too close for some reason or another and you accidentally hit him with your elbow. Yeah. Okay, but keeping with our theme of tough guys, well, not so tough guys pretending to be tough, Kevin later said that if I had meant to elbow him, he would have been on the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a bad, hush your mouth. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, hush your mouth. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Kevin McCarthy that weekend. Dang it. No, I, I saw that. Monroe, you're so these guys, and you know the the Washington Post story that I sent you is bending over backwards. This is so funny, man. They're bending over backwards to make it seem like they're. It's just the pressure of our time is getting them 
uh, to the point where they're snapping at each other and it's the political pressure. No, it's not. Tell it like it is, Washington Post. Stop. Stop covering up for these guys. It's just like Monroe said. They've been sucking up to Trump for so long. He's just like, they'd be humiliated by Trump. Forced to support him, even though he's, what is it, four indictments he's got? Right. Forced and to they all talk about how horrible he is behind his back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there have been books written about that. How they all hate him. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, yes, sir, boss. <laughs> <laughs> It's the ring or just the ringless finger. <laughs> oh, that's Monroe Anderson, not me, uh, just so you know. Uh, but you're right. They'll all go tell the Jonathan Martins of the world off the record. I can't stand them off the record. He's I, an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. Off, Don't put my name in that story, okay? Right. And Martin will go, got it, got it. No, right. Privately, you know, they say, <laughs> oh, man, that, that you know what, Monroe, uh, I hit a point, uh, I forget where, when was, I just said no more, uh, no more off the records. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm done with off the record, off the record. It's like, you got something to say, say it. And, you know, I said, uh, when you do a podcast, there's no off the record, there's just a microphone. So all my guests, like before the podcast, Monroe, like, you know, I, every day I call you, every Wednesday, what are we going to talk about? So I'd call every guest and they go, well, off the record, blah, 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 blah. And I always tell them, I go, there's no off the record. Right. So you got to figure out, you're, you're grown up. You got to figure out what you're going to say and you're going to say it because the microphone's recording it. And that's, and you right. know what? Life goes on. They say whatever they're going to say. Right. You know, you, some duck and dodge and dance, but. You know, most, but you, but, but you can tell from the rhythm that uh, what they're saying. <laughs> if if they're dancing, it is uh, to um, Chicago, Chicago, my <laughs> town, and you know where they are. No, it's uh, yeah, you could tell when people are ducking and dodging and uh, sliding around and uh, doing the hustle and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's usually it's like when you ever, well, you know this Monroe. Like the side that you're on does something that you embarrasses you, yeah, and you don't want to criticize the side that you're on because right. you're on their side. Right. Got to figure out a way to get out of it. You know the game, Monroe, right? Yeah. Like Joe Biden does something stupid, how are you going to respond? Right? You're on the Joe Biden side of things, right? I mean, yeah. yes, he's he's uh, once again underestimated. We'll get, all right, I, this is something I sent to you. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I will now read it to you. And uh, hold on, I got to find it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me find Monroe Anderson. I sent Monroe so much stuff uh, in the course of a week. The poor guy gets so much stuff for me. So this was after last week's um, uh, uh, election. I think it was Tuesday. Last the Tuesday's polls, election. polls came out showing that Trump beat him in all but one place and yeah one, and, one okay place. so yeah so yeah all the polls show that trump was mopping the floor with them and then tuesday right. there was the voters actually voted in the election and in almost every case the democrats were triumphant and so then the same pollsters and, and pundits the jonathan martins of the world were forced to like try to explain they were, they were, they, were they, they were triumphant in every 
case but Mississippi. God damn. Yeah. What the hell, Mississippi? The guy's name was Presley, the Democrat. You couldn't, he was related to Elvis. Right. Still couldn't vote for him, right. huh? Well, they said Elvis is dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You've been humiliated, Mississippi. So, uh, there is this Pennsylvania state rep. I do not know this gentleman. I'm just reading his quotes. Uh, and uh, who sits on the Biden campaign's national advisory board. His name is Malcolm Kenyatta. Uh, and he said, and this oh, is a quote. He, he, he's he's um, go, uh, deputy governor of um, Wisconsin. No, 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 no. You're mixing it up with someone else. That uh, this is a Pennsylvania state rep, Malcolm Kenyatta. This guy said, "You're you're you're thinking of Mandela Barnes." Uh, yeah, okay. Pennsylvania state. Okay. Monroe, Monroe and I are like an old couple. We've been together so long. I know what he's thinking we, right. when he says stuff. He knows. Right. Right. All right. right. Uh, Pennsylvania state rep Malcolm Kenyatta. This is what he said the day after the election. Quote. I've said it since I endorsed Biden on the day he announced. Keep fucking underestimating Joe Biden. You will keep being wrong. Everybody loves to swear these days. Yeah, right. uh, everybody's dropping the F-bomb. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Now, unlike political, the Washington Post, they wrote F-G, okay? But I figured it out, ladies and gentlemen, all right? I'm from the streets of Evanston, and I figured it out. What they meant. <laughs> so, Monroe, you've been saying that without the F-bomb. Right. For about three, four years. Well, I, I, I started saying it after Clyburn backed him, and the way the way Clyburn backed him, he, he, he his quote was, it, it may not be perfect, but but it was basically, um, we know Joe Biden, but more importantly, Joe Biden knows us. And um, nobody else fit that bill. E even the bone didn't fit that bill. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I recognize that. I learned my lesson. I, it's, I learned it in two different election campaigns, okay? It's 2016 and uh, 2020. Though I, I Bernie won, actually, in the end, because much of what Biden has been doing was what um, um, Bernie said he was going to do. No, I, I, my love for Bernie Sanders grows. Uh, I know a lot of my lefty friends were really upset with him because he couldn't bring himself to say ceasefire uh, in the case of um, Israel's war in Gaza, the relentless bombing in Gaza. Right. Uh, and we're in this show, we're a big ceasefire show, as everybody knows. Uh, and um, but by and large, he's probably been, uh, what is it, the, the most ceasefire-like senator in the Senate. And I know I realize the bar is low, uh, but I mean, I, I follow him on Instagram, his post supporting uh, Congresswoman Tlaib uh, coming out strong against the censure vote. So um, I just think across the board, Bernie Sanders is the best senator uh, that we have in the United States. I know the bar is low. So Monroe, I think you are developing a little love for Bernie 
over the year. I've noticed that. I've noticed that in the things you say. Yeah. You've changed on Bernie Sanders from where you were. Oh, no, I liked, I told you, I always said I liked Bernie's ideas, but that he could not win. <laughs> okay, that's true. It's, it's like Trump, I don't like losers. <laughs> That's what he says about our military, you know. Yeah, I know. Wow. That's what he says about our military. But uh, anyway, so the underestimating of uh, Joe Biden. Uh, and, and a lot of it is just like when you see him, they're always so slow, you know. And uh, I had a guy today, a political in Chicago, who was telling me, Ben, how is uh, Biden ever going to debate Trump? And I'm like, have you listened to Trump? Trump is insane. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but Trump is still running in his mind. He's still running against Obama. Yeah. <laughs> he said this more than once. No. Trump is as mentally like he has as many issues as Biden does with aging. In fact, more, more, say, more, 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 more. Yeah. yeah. That's why but, it would be interesting to see them debate. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! Biden kicked off. his Biden kicked Trump's ass in in the debates um, in twenty twenty in that race. He he did except Biden was trying to be a gentleman as, yes. as he is, and so when Trump was talking all this nonsense, he said, "What are you talking about, man?" Yeah, <laughs> I actually uh, this is for what it's worth. I don't believe. Uh, Joe Biden should debate Trump. I think he should just, if Trump's the nominee, I presume he is, and if Joe Biden's the nominee, and I presume he will be, a lot can change, ladies and gentlemen. I realize that. Yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, but let's just assume that that's the, the I I wouldn't, um, if I wouldn't, why debate him? Trump's, Trump changed all the rules. Trump did debate. He didn't think it was in his worth his while. So why shouldn't debate I think he should debate him. Why? Because if he debates him, for all those who are talking about Biden's age and how he's losing it and he may be senile, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. When it it gets, when you put them side by side, face to face, one is going to look like the fucking idiot that he is. (laughs) And the other one's going to look like he knows what he's talking about. And I won't even assign any roles there. I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody figure it out for themselves. Uh, by the way, is F bomb uh, Wednesday in the Ben drops. I'm dropping them. Monroe's dropping them. Jonathan Martin's dropping them. Everybody's feeling right. your inner F bomb. Yeah, because it's ATV. Uh, this no, it is not TV. All right. Uh, uh, so speaking of Trump, let's talk a little uh, Trump uh, litigation. And this is something that um, I've been wrestling with. Uh, so I saw uh, an article. Uh, in the New York Times, I think it was, advocating, uh, televising the Trump trials. And then the letters poured in, no, don't do that. Uh, Trump will make a mockery of this, this, that, and the other thing to be a circus, blah, 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 so forth and so on. Your thoughts, should they televise the Trump yes. trials? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it, it will be watched and Trump would again, I mean, Trump is well for years he had mine cough on his his bedside table and um he must have read it carefully because that's where he is and i i mean and this is serious 
He's even using vermin like uh, Hitler did with the Jews back then to de dehumanize them. So he's, he's put that in his vocabulary. Um, and so if the trial was televised, he can't control himself. As, as, he, as he sat there, he'd be making faces and gesturing, probably speaking aloud what he shouldn't have been. And they and plus you get all this evidence. I mean, it's the evidence is airtight on everything he's been yeah. um, indicted on. I mean, it's there. You know, it's like a laydown. You know, like in a card game, you just lay the hand out and let it be. Um, what he's going to do if it's not televised is he's going to come out and lie about what actually happened. And um, his people, of course, will know that that's what what he said actually happened. Yeah. Not not what everybody else said, the, the judges and the lawyers and the witnesses, et cetera. Um, but for the independents, they will see this incredible amount of evidence, and they will see what an asshole he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that'll be the end of him. I think. Well, uh, and, and it'll be interesting because uh, all, all these Republicans, to your back to your earlier point, will be going around supporting whatever Trump says and then off the record. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I, you know, he's, he's gone too far. So I, I'm with you, Televised. Uh, I, I'm with you, Televised. Let, let, let America see the man they want who's leading the polls uh, for the, the Republicans. Let America see. Right. Where the Republican Party is right now. I'm right. with you. Don't hide it. Don't hide it from America. Yeah, but the feds aren't going to do it. They, they, they. It, it, well, it's up to the judge, right? It's it's some some um, some commit. No, it's not the the individual judge. Yeah, so there's I mean, some, there's some um, committee of of judges that have to make the decision. And and um, one report I've read is that the law would have to be changed yeah. for it to happen. And so it's, it's it, well, we may build up, at the way Trump is going, we may build up enough interest and pr pressure on the legal system where they televise it. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're uh, the, um, the right-wing POTUS, the radical right-wing POTUS um, broke down and at least put up a fake um, a policy for themselves. Yeah. Yep. It's nobody, no, no, there's nobody enforcing it. Uh, so if they break it, well, you know, shut yeah. up. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get to that. We'll close with that. Uh, I, um, I could do a whole show with this. Um, uh, Jim Coogan, get ready. Uh, the Supreme Court, as Monroe uh, just alluded to, uh, came out yesterday with their ethics statement, uh, which is supposed to govern how they behave. And it is a, a laughable document. I mean, it's a mockery of America. The, the, it's as though they're saying to America, you are so ignorant. You know, you, uh, that you fall for this, you are dumb. You are dumber than dumb. It, there's no specific requirements. It's like general guidelines. There's no like, enforcement mechanism. Uh, and it's all things they knew they shouldn't have done in the first place. Right. This is the biggest joke. This is right. the biggest joke. 
while they were doing it, exactly. Clarence Thomas had to know that it was not ethically the right thing to do to accept free airplane flights, <laughs> vacations. What was it? What else? A, a, a motor, his, his a van, mother's house bought. his mother's house bought right. from people who represent interests that come before the court. Anybody knows that. We all know. Anybody acts like, and oh, well, there was nothing in writing about it. Right. Uh, so they come up with this document that says, yeah, we should abide by these things, not we would. Yeah. Monroe, are, do you think the American people are dumb enough that they'll think, I know a lot of law professors out there going, oh, it's an important first step, but they're always, they're, they're like sucking up to the Supremes, uh, you know, the way reporters suck up to Rom. You can't take them serious. Do you think America is dumb enough to fall for this and actually believe that this is a legitimate ethics statement? I don't think it's a matter of stupidity. I, th I think it's a matter of interest. They're not paying any attention to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm worried about my gas prices and my grocery bills. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Wow. So true. Yeah, they don't care if the judges bought off. You know what I mean? They would care if they were going before the judge, by the oh, way. Yeah, right. You know, you know. And they care about abortion. They care about that. And so that's that's gonna end up hurting the Supremes more than um um a, a three or four justices being crooks. And they can pay off or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's, that's the gift that this whole abortion, the killing of of choice by the Supreme Court, is the gift that keeps on giving for the Democrats. Democrats. Yeah, uh, it was overreached by Republicans. Truly, the arrogance of the Republican. Uh, party. Oh, and they they're still doing it. I mean, it'd be yeah. different if after they they they, they the Kansas. Um, went against them. Mm -hmm. They would have said, oh, oh, maybe this isn't the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. But no, they doubled down. Yeah. Some tripled down. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, some of these places, you can't get an abortion after six weeks. Yeah. And a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant until the seventh week. And, and, and even, uh, yeah, no, we I talk abortion all the time, but even uh, uh, the hypocrisy of the Republican Party in this is just so staggering because like, if you argue that you have just this uh, moral opposition to abortion that's heartfelt and you feel that's a life, uh, there's no justification for that, then you're obligated, absolutely obligated to support like a programs and initiatives that will help the child and help the mother. Right. Once the child is born. Right. They're against those. They like right. they vote against they vote against free lunch programs in schools. You know what I'm saying? They they vote against aid to young right. mothers and the kids. I... And 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 uh, what's interesting is you have Chris Christie, who's um, supposed to be the um, Republican that's a straight shooter, etc. He he's talking about how uh, the Democrats have l laws that say you can can abort up to the ninth the ninth month 
through the ninth month. And uh, he's, he, he, so he wants that change, you know, and that's so BS because, I mean, what woman, let's think about it, let's just do common sense. What woman is going to carry a baby for eight and a half month, uh, uh, months and then in the last two weeks go, I think I'm going to abort. <laughs> I've been through morning sickness. I've been through this and more, But now it's time to get rid of this child. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, that's Chris. That's his cowardice. He doesn't want to stand up. Right. Uh, to, uh, well, he's been, I, I've seen him attacked on that. I think it was on ABC or something. I can't remember now. But what what he did was he he pulled a Clinton. He's pulling a Clinton on it, where he's saying, "Well, yeah, if it, 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 it it doesn't happen, but it can happen because the law says uh, the law has no limit on when the abortion could happen." Yeah, no, he's so that's what I'm saying is that we need a law that says that you can't have it. Yeah, okay, thanks, Chris. Uh, when the baby's about to be born. And I got news for you, Chris. There, Chris Christie, there is not one hardcore anti abortion Republican who's fooled by that. And they're not voting for you, they're voting right. for Donnie, right. even though Lord knows how many abortions he's paid for down through right. the years, right? Uh, right. uh, even if he didn't pay it for, he forced them so. All right, that's a, for our show today, Monroe. Get some rest. I'll see you uh, next week. We're doing a show, even though it's the day before Thanksgiving. So we'll be doing the show. And uh, so, yes, get ready for that one, all right? Well, I, I may not be able to do it. Uh-oh, breaking news in the <laughs> yeah, right. bit. I should have run that by Monroe before right, I said it. Right. All right, no, let's just pretend uh, I didn't say it. Uh, okay. We'll discuss it off the mic. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Very good. That's that's good enough. That's Monroe Anderson. I'm Ben Jarowski. Thank you very much. And also want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. And Monroe agrees with me when I say, hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarowski shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and a whole lot more, all at ChicagoReader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show. And as I always say, don't forget to like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.